I want to share some thoughts with us this morning as a community. Um, I think 2020 has obviously been such a disorienting time for all of us. Um, the COVID-19 pandemic has affected society in so many ways, beyond uh, ways that beyond our imagination. Um, the virus itself has obviously been devastating and has claimed a lot of lives and claimed a lot of the health of those who have, have had it. Um, but also there has been the effects of the virus, the effects of lockdown, the effects upon society of self-isolating and social distancing. And we're only beginning to see the effects of all of this and how it has damaged um, aspects of our society. Um, we're beginning to see unemployment levels rising in the UK. And we're beginning to see industries really struggling. And there's, there's so many other issues that have come from it. Um, this is only the beginning. We're only just really beginning to grapple with the kind of effects that this pandemic has had on us as a society. But there is hope, and we do pray that there will be a vaccine by the grace of God that will come soon. And we will get through this. Um, but we have a ways to go. We have ways to go as humanity to get through this. And I guess some of the thoughts I wanted to share this morning are just around how all of that makes us feel and how the disruption and the disorientation in life at the moment makes us feel a sense of bewilderment, a sense of lostness, a feeling of uh, being perplexed, confused. You know, as a leader, I spend a lot of my time listening to other leaders attempt to give answers to problems like this. I go looking for the answers, I go looking for clarity, I go looking for understanding, and I'm sure you do too, we all do it. We pray for clarity and solutions at a time like this. We look for understanding. But often, I think God works in different ways. I think he uses times like this to call us to pay attention to what is important. I think he calls us to transformation. Um, I think he uses disorientation to transform us, to change us. And often that's not by bringing clarity necessarily, but often that is by, by inviting us as those who follow God, inviting us to trust him and inviting us to journey with him. I want to read a passage today from Isaiah 43 that I think speaks into all of this for us. And I want to draw two words out of the passage that I think give some shape and some guidance to how we might begin to orient ourselves in a time of disorientation. Um, let's read the passage first, Isaiah 43. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through this, the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I want to read on a little bit further, but before I do, I just want to stop at this point in the passage, and I want to draw out the very, very first word that I want to speak to this morning, and that word is the word through. We see that word over and over again in those few verses. 
Um, let me just speak to the background of this passage. The assumed background of this whole section of Isaiah is that the people of God are in exile. They're in Babylon and they've been taken from their homeland. They have lost all that is known to them, all that is familiar to them. And they're living in disorientation. They're living in bewilderment. They're, they're lost in a sense. Nothing is familiar. And so these words from the prophet are words of hope. And they're words of hope that speak right into that context. And we see the passage that I've just read open with words that are affirming of their identity as the people of God. A people who God loves, a people who God knows. And we hear the word of the Lord instructing them to not fear because I have redeemed you. You are mine. Comforting words for people in exile. And then in verse two and three, that's interesting because it goes on to say, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. That's really interesting too. And it conjures up some imagery in, in the minds of the people of God at that time. Um, there's no promise there to the people that they're going to avoid the waters and that they're going to have to go through these waters. There's definitely going through is the direction and that God will be with them. Um, and it goes on to say, you will pass through the rivers and they will, and they will not sweep over you. Um, when you walk through the fire, um, you will not be burned and the flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So that's the first word, through. And the prophet here, when he's speaking and using all of this language about going through the waters, he is appealing to a powerful memory in the people of God. He's appealing to them, to the memory that they have of the Exodus. Um, that moment in their history, all of these people were descendants of the slaves in Egypt. And this is the story, the Exodus story of how God liberated them from oppression under the Egyptians and how God uh, you know, delivered them from the servitude that they were under in Egypt. And these stories of the Exodus will have been told over and over again from generation to generation. And they are permanent fixtures in the minds of the people of God. And this is what the prophet is evoking when he uses this language of going through the waters. You will go through. You will not go around. You will not stop in the middle and get stuck. But you will go through. And in a sense, there's some wisdom for us as the people of God today, as the people of Jesus today, as the church we can draw from. It is when we go through wilderness moments, when we go through bewilderment, when we go through challenge that we prove God with us. He is with us, guiding us and often transforming us, forming us into the people uh, that we need to be, that he's called us to be. So the direction of hope is a direction of going through the waters, the direction of going through. This is the big idea I wanted to share this morning and it seems so counterintuitive to us. But when we look to the ancient traditions of Christianity, when we look to the story in the scriptures of the people of God, we see that it all comes down to this, that, that life is a journey and that the journey is often through suffering. It's often through trial. It's often through difficulty. It's often through disorientation. It's often through challenge. Life walks us through bewilderment. Um, it walks us through all of this trial. And the mystery is that there is hope and there is transformation that can be found when we live lives that do indeed 
walk through the waters, when we walk through our challenges, when we don't run away from them, when we don't avoid them, and when we don't suppress them, um, but indeed that when we walk through our challenges, God is with us and he often uses those challenges to shape us. What a great mystery that transformation comes, not in spite of challenge, but indeed through it. And later in the passage, the prophet continues to evoke these memories uh, in the, the people. And he, he says this, he's speaking again about people of God escaping slavery in Egypt through the Red Sea in the wilderness. He sums it up in verse 16. Your way, Lord, was through the sea. Your way, Lord, was through the mighty waters. There is a mystery to all of this. Um, and we have the promise here that we will come through, that we won't get stuck in the middle that the waters won't sweep us away, that the fires will not burn us, but that God is with us and that we will walk through. And the same is, 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 can apply to us as the people of God today. As we walk through the challenges of 2020, as we see the world as it is, as we attempt to be the church in the midst of that, we need to know that we will go through, that we will come through, that God will bring us through and that we, we can know that he is for us, that he loves us and that he is guiding us through. And often, He's calling us into new transformation. It's a great mystery at the heart of our faith, but I want to read on in the passage. I want to move on down. So in Isaiah 43, as I say, verse 16 says, this is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters says this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So the people of God, they're walking through a challenge of exile and the prophet has conjured up these memories of the Exodus, spoken hope into their current moment and reminded them that God is with them in their current challenge. But then we have the second word that I want to draw out today. And the second word is the word new. So we have through and then we have new. See, I am doing a new thing, God says. And the question then follows it very quickly. Do you not perceive it? God is up to something. There is something new that God is doing. And there's an instant challenge to the people. Do you not perceive it? Do you have eyes to see it? Are you even aware of it? Can you even perceive that God might be doing something that you never expected? Don't look back. Look forward. See what God is doing. And what is God doing? Well, in a sense, the verse does speak in some general ways to it that God is, in a prophetic language, making a way in the wilderness and making streams in the wasteland. Amazing imagery. Again, the prophet is evoking these memories of the Exodus but not just to comfort them in the midst of their difficulty and challenge, but also to remind them that God is up to something now and it's going to look very similar to what he did before. So there is a lot of hope that, God, that the prophet is speaking into the people's situation now, that God is not only walking them through, but that God is doing a new thing altogether. Pay attention. And here's the thing. When there is no clear path forward, God creates one. There are rivers in the desert. When there's no natural relief or refreshment, 
the new thing that God does is to provide it streams in the wasteland. This is beautiful, beautiful imagery. It speaks of the new thing that God is doing to bring life where often we cannot even perceive it, where we cannot even see it. Sometimes it's there and God is up to something. Um, if only we had the eyes to see. These are the two, two words, Redeemer, this morning that I want to bring out of this passage for us. The word through and the word new. Because I believe that these two words are guiding lights for us um, in the days that we live. These are guiding lights for us as the people of God in 2020, as we attempt to be the faithful church in the midst of a time of so much fear and uncertainty when our friends and family and society is irregulated, dysregulated, um, disoriented, disrupted in so many ways. Um, we have this story that we can tether ourselves to. We have hope. And I believe that these two words, through, knowing God is with us, carrying us through, and also new, perceiving that God is up to something new and something that is redemptive and restorative. I believe that these two words can position us, can posture us faithfully um, as the people of God, faithfully and in, 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 in keeping with the way of Jesus, the way that Jesus would have us to live as a people. So I want us to remember these two words. I want these two words to be words of hope and encouragement this morning. Uh, and we should remember as the people of God that, that, that God's people have always gone through trials and difficulties. God has never prevented them from those trials and difficulties, but always invited them to go through with him. And we are also, we should remember this morning that we are called to fix our eyes on the new thing that God is doing, to pray to God, not for answers or solutions necessarily to the problems, but to ask for new spiritual eyes, new spiritual ears, new spiritual eyes to see what God is doing, new spiritual ears to hear what the Spirit might be saying to us, um, a new spiritual appetite to long for the things God longs for. This is the kind of response the people of God should have in a time like we are living. And I think that's the invitation for us today. I guess the invitation is, Redeemer, do we trust God as we walk through all that we're going through? Do we have eyes to see the new thing that God might be doing? These are the questions that I think should continually recalibrate us, reorientate us, and be guiding lights for us in these days. Let us pay attention to what the Spirit of God is saying to us and doing in these days. I want to finish with this. I want to finish with this bigger idea that we, as the people of God, we belong to a story. And the story should inform how we live in the here and the now. And this story, the story of God in the Christian faith is not made up. It is a received story. It is a received faith handed down from one generation to the next. Yes, we live it out um, in, in, in time and space here and now, and we own our own faith but we don't do it blind and we don't do it untethered from the faith of previous generations. The words of Isaiah and the journeys of many, many people before us should inform us um, in the story of God and the ways of God and inform us how that we can live today. And we should root ourselves in that story. We should root ourselves in those memories. 
we should root ourselves in those promises um, and remember that we belong to a story, that we're not rooted in dogmas, we're not rooted in beliefs necessarily, but we are not rooted in doctrines, but we are rooted in a narrative, a story. And the biblical narrative is the story of the whole creation from Genesis right through, from the beginning through to the present and towards God's good hope, God's good future. Um, and the thing is, there's not so much a script. Uh, the story is not so much a script that we mechanically act out, but it's a story that just helps to shape us and direct us to be the kinds of people God wants us to be. The story goes back to that pagan moon worshiper named Abram, who God engaged uh, in the story to begin uh, an embodied community that would be like a forerunner, a foretaste of, of the new humanity that God wants to make. And then the story weaves itself through the history of the wandering people of Israel. We've spoken a little bit about that today through the Old Testament into the New Testament to the person of Jesus. Uh, the, the perfect revelation of God, the perfect revelation of love, the one that we follow, the one who has laid down his life for us and drawn us all into the story, Jews and Gentiles. And the story at this point goes viral. The church is birthed and one and all are welcomed into the story. And that story is still unfolding from generation to generation. And we're living that story out today as the people of God in the present, in 2020, walking through this pandemic, walking through all that's been going on this year. We are living out that same story. But we're not, we're not scripted in a mechanical way. We have freedom to improvise the story. We look to the past and we see what God has done. We think about the imagery that the, the words of Isaiah conjure up in our memories, about the kinds of things that God does, the kind of deliverance that God brings, the kinds of hope that God brings, the kinds of, um, of, of rebirth that God causes, the new things that God does that is springing up, the streams in the wasteland, the rivers in the desert. We, we remember all of that and then we go on to live out and improvise in the here and now. We improvise the story in the here and the now and we're tethered to that narrative but we have so much room to play. So here's the thing, Redeemer. We're invited to have um, an awareness of the story that we're part of but we are also invited to trust God and to have a prophetic imagination for what could be for the new thing that God is doing. Um, let's have a prophetic imagination stirred up in us. Uh, let's have a prophetic imagination stirred up in us that would show us the kind of future that God wants us to write and shape in 2020. N.T. Wright speaks to all of this so, so well when he says, we must act in an appropriate manner for this moment in the story. This will be in direct continuity with the previous acts. We're not free to simply jump to another narrative or another story, a different story altogether. But such continuity does imply a discontinuity. There is a moment where genuinely new things can and do happen. I think there's something beautiful about that quote that sums it all up that we're walking through difficulty and challenges in life, yes, but we can remember all that God has done before, that we're tethered to a greater story where God has shown that he is a God who delivers 
And then we also have an expectation as we live out this story in the here and now of, of the new thing that God might be doing and where new things can genuinely happen. So I'll finish with this. I wonder, Redeemer, what new things are happening and could happen through a people like us that fully trust in God, know the story we're part of, and have a picture, a vision of the kind of future that God is creating. You know, streams in the wasteland, rivers in the desert, flourishing. I want to invite us this morning anew to be a people who trust God through it all, through the difficulties, and yet are a people that are open to the new thing that God is doing in the here and the now. Because I believe that he wants to draw us up into it. He wants to get us caught up into it. And he would invite us to be open to new things that he's doing in these days where we can bring the hope of Jesus, the hope of the story to people who don't know it and need it most. There is something that God is calling us into in these days going forward that I believe is exciting, but I believe calls us to truly trust him and to have eyes, spiritual eyes, to see what that might be. So maybe as we finish, we could pray. And before we go into the table, um, let us pray that God would give us all that we need to be that kind of people. Father God, I thank you for the, the words of the prophet in Isaiah that conjure up so much beautiful imagery for us about the kind of God you are, about the kind of business that you are into, uh, the business of hope and transformation and new birth. Lord, that you don't prevent us from walking through difficulty and trial, but that you're with us in it all and that you deliver us through it. And Lord, that you are always calling us to look forward, not backwards, that you're calling us to see the new thing that you're doing that might be right before our eyes if only we could perceive it. So Lord, our prayer this morning is, Lord, give us more ability to trust you. Comfort us with these words that the rivers will not sweep us away, the fires will not burn us, but also, Lord, give us prophetic imagination to see the new thing that you're doing right before us. Um, the transformation that you're inviting us into personally, corporately, Give us the eyes to see the needs in this world that you may be calling us to address, the love that you want us to live out, to share with people that need it most. Lord, would you fire our imaginations and would you equip us and would you call us forward that we may be the people of God, faithful to the story, but also released to live it out in fresh and new, creative, imaginative ways for the sake of the world that we may help partner with you in the remaking of creation, Lord. And we want to do that in 2020, in these days where so much is disrupted. We pray that you would give us all that we need as the people of God to be able to faithfully serve our society and call people to the hope that is found in Jesus. We pray this, in fact, in the name, the strong name, the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.